Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Well, I'm here with Sherry Snyder, who is a part of the Baptist Home in Arcadia Valley. And uh, Sherry, if you could just share a little bit about yourself. I know you have a degree in a master's in social work that I'm sure is helpful towards the position that you have right now. If you could just help our audience to understand a little bit about you, about what you do, and, and how that degree might help you as well. Thank you, Andy. Well, I was born and raised in Ironton, Missouri, um, where the Baptist Home is located here in the beautiful Arcadia Valley. I went and received my master's degree from St. Louis University. I have always loved old people, and the opportunity to serve at the Baptist Home, it was a great fit. In fact, as I was in school, I had opportunity to be in other social settings, such as um, the mental health system, the prison system, uh, the school system, uh, the neonatal unit of a hospital. And, And in those systems, I found that my calling was truly with old people. As, as I was in, for example, the neonatal unit of a hospital, I was emotionally paralyzed. All I could do was stand there and cry. Uh, when I was in the prison system, I was paralyzed by fear. Okay. But when I'm with old people, I love old people. They are funny, they are wise, and it is such a, they are just such a joy to be with. Wonderful. So uh, how did your degree, uh, master's in social work, kind of help you to prepare? You you kind of uh, shared different settings that that put you in, but what maybe related to the studies itself may have helped you find that calling that you you have? When I came to work at the Baptist Home, I had very few college hours. I was encouraged by my mentor, Joy Goodwin, who was the the wife of the current administrator. She encouraged me to go to school. She encouraged me to go into social work. Um, and as part of that, that I just kind of grew up at the Baptist home and social work just was a great fit for my work with geriatrics and with the residents of the Baptist home. Okay. So you've been there a long time, you said. Um, you don't need to give the years necessarily, but what, what have you seen as changes uh, in your time since you became a part of the Baptist Home, not only from a school perspective, but as you became more full, a full-time person on staff? You know, I think the greatest change that I have seen is when we shifted from a being, being a medical model, where we focused on uh, the physical needs the physical care of the residents of the Baptist home to their emotional needs, their psychosocial needs, their spiritual needs. Not that we didn't focus on that before, but when you focus on the physical aspects, sometimes the other things take a back seat. And one of the things that I've seen is that with aging comes losses. Mm -hmm. And, it's not necessarily the loss itself that is the problem, but it's how we cope with the loss. If I may give you an example of that. I had two ladies um, about the same time they experienced a similar loss. Both of them very suddenly lost their vision. Okay. One of them 
she could picture in her mind's eye, let's say, the clothes in her closet. And the staff would come in and say, what would you like to wear today? She said, I'd like to wear the blue outfit. And she could picture that in her mind's eye. She managed to learn to count the steps to the dining room. And she could go from her room to the dining room unassisted. And she adapted to that loss. Hmm. The other lady who actually uh, was more physically functional, she sat down in her chair in her room and she died hmm. because she couldn't cope. And so, again, it is not the physical loss or, or the physical care that is really of primary importance, but it's how we cope with that and, and the way that the staff now acknowledge those things and, and, and look at ways to help the residents uh, deal with the losses that they're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an important part of, of ministry. And obviously the Baptist home is a ministry. As you said, it's not just the, the physical uh, health aspect. It, it is truly a ministry. So, um, well, well that, that answer really kind of leads into our main topic uh, for today. And that is the idea of providing our, our listeners with an understanding of a couple of different approaches to therapy. Um, uh, validation therapy and reality orientation. So. Would you mind by uh, just beginning to describe each, maybe define each one? Start with uh, with validation therapy, for instance. Can we start with reality orientation? Or we can start with reality orientation. You can go either way. <laughs> I'm in a lot of facilities. As I, as I go around the state, as people make application to the Baptist home, I go in a number of facilities to visit residents potential residents who have made application. And frequently I have seen on the wall a sign that says, we practice reality orientation here. Please remind our residents that today is Tuesday, September the 8th, 2020, that Donald Trump is the president, the season is summer, the next holiday is Halloween. Their goal is to reorient older adults who are experiencing dementia or disorientation. That is their goal. But if somebody is disoriented, my question is, do they really care that Donald Trump is the president? Do they really care that the next, ho the next holiday is Halloween. I believe what they really care about is was I a good mother? Mm. My son never comes to see me. Was I a good mother? I think instead of facing facts, they are more interested in focusing on feelings and resolution of unfinished business from the past. Validation, on the other hand, acknowledges those feelings. In fact, instead of focusing on facts, validation focuses on feelings. Some of the principles of validation are that there is a reason for all behavior, 
that we are all valuable in the eyes of God. We're all unique. Let me, let me start with another kind of thing, okay? We're talking okay. about validation focuses on feelings rather than facts. Reality orientation focuses on the facts. And so let's say, for example, that you have Mrs. Smith. And let's say Mrs. Smith is 85 years old. And Mrs. Smith is looking for her mother. And she says to you, honey, have you seen my mother? I'm looking for her. She's supposed to be coming to get me. Have you seen her? If I were using reality orientation, I would say something like this. Now, Mrs. Smith, remember, you're 85 years old. And you live here at the Baptist home. And I hate to tell you, but your mom died a long time ago. But it's okay, because she's in heaven, and she's happy, and you'll see her soon. That, is, that would be reality orientation. As kindly as I say that, if you put your, yourself in Mrs. Smith's place, and you're hearing for what, in her mind, is the first time that her mother has died, mm -hmm. that would be very upsetting. That, that would be the truth, that it would be upsetting. I could say something like, well, you know, Mrs. Smith, your mom called and she's running a few hours late. She'll be here in a couple of hours. Why don't we go play bingo? You could use distraction. But what I just said was a lie. Mm -hmm. Mom's not coming. Her mom didn't call and her mom's not coming. We don't want to lie because we want to develop a trusting relationship. And I cannot build a trusting relationship built on lies. If I were using validation, though, I would say something like this. It sounds like you miss your mom. Tell me about her. Was she a good mom? What kind of things did you and she used to do together? What was the greatest lesson your mom ever taught you? Hmm. And we're going to talk about mom because using empathy, if we put ourselves in Mrs. Smith's place, she is missing her mom. Once she gets to talk about mom, then that anxiety is reduced. It's a much kinder and gentler approach. You know, which, which would be the better approach, using reality orientation or validation? I say, I, I say that we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ. As we, as we care for others, as we minister to others, whether it's at the Baptist home or wherever it is, as we care and minister to others, we are to be the hands and feet of Christ. And if Christ were the one dealing with, let's say, Mrs. Smith, I believe he would do it with gentleness and compassion and dignity and respect. Mm. And, and in ways that um, are not harsh, he would not speak, even, even if he were saying it gently, 
to to tell somebody that their mother has died to that kind of that kind of reality is harsh and i don't think he would do that that's a that's a very very good word and a very helpful example i think to uh, many i know myself as a pastor sherry uh going to nursing homes and and several of the members one in particular that's going through my mind right now, but several over the years that that have uh, advanced dementia or whatever, and, and having that conversation over and over again, as you know, and, and I know, you know, the the, the children of, of that mother, uh, you know, th- this is helping me even to understand why I might do some of the things or how I can do some of those things better. So I, I greatly appreciate that for all those that listen. You know, some of the things that I would, I would say, you know, you, you talk about how sometimes they repeat themselves, they ask the same questions over and over again. I, be, I believe that when they do that, when people do that, there's a reason that they're doing that. I think there is something that is significant about what it is they're telling you if they repeat it over and over again, if they ask the same question over and over again. And so when that happens, I would probably ask it or answer it in a different way or ask a question about that. That was an important time in your life. Tell me about that. Well, you, you've already kind of covered where I was thinking about going next, but let me have you drill down on this a little bit, if, if you don't mind, Sherry. The idea of the difference between reality orientation and validation therapy, you obviously believe that one is better than the other. And that is influenced by your biblical mindset. So why why does a biblical mindset, you talked about truth uh, being a part of that. You talked about Jesus, but, but maybe drill down a little bit further on that as to how that helps to validate the individual, that, that uh, ego integrity. You mentioned psychosocial and the idea of, you know, Erickson's final stage was ego integrity versus despair. Right. Uh, so how does... How does the validation therapy help in that aspect more than, say, uh, the reality orientation? Validation recognizes the need for resolution. In the final stage of life, the task is resolution, wrapping up unfinished business. Um, I have seen people intentionally do that, that were not, disoriented. They, they knew that they were terminally ill and they intentionally set about to wrap up unfinished business, to resolve conflicts, to seek and give forgiveness. When people are disoriented, it takes on a different flavor in that they, they are not as intentional about it. It does need to happen. This is a task that needs to happen, but they might go about it in a way that is unconventional, depending on their level of disorientation. The the process, the task of, of resolution is going to take on a different appearance in that they might use, for example, um, objects, or body parts to represent items or people or situations from the past. They can't just say things as you and I would say them. 
They have to find a way to be able to express that need of resolution. Hmm. It's a very interesting process. It's, it's just very interesting to, to experience. Thank you for joining us today. In the next episode, I will continue our conversation with Sherry Snyder as we deal with the question of validation or reality therapy. Biblical Perspectives on Aging is brought to you by The Baptist Home, a ministry committed to setting a Christ-like standard of care for the aging. For more information, go to thebaptisthome.org. That's one word, thebaptisthome.org. Together, we can be the voice for the aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.